Welcome, folks. Great to have you at church. If you're visiting with us, an extremely warm welcome to you. Uh, please continue the conversations at the ends. I, church is family, and if, if you're just joining with us, this is the kind of time of year when people are coming and going. People are in various parts of the world having holidays or away for various reasons. Uh, but you're here, and I'm guessing some people who are visiting today will be here visiting us from, on holiday as well. So, uh, Deborah and Alfonso, it's great to see you guys, and Amanda from uh, Brazil. You guys are so welcome. It's good to have you here. <laughs> uh, th- these guys uh, were with us in the church. How long ago did you arrived in Edinburgh? Just, I mean, probably 17 years ago you came to our church first, something like that. 17 years ago. Wow, that's amazing. So the church was three years old then. So uh, you guys, it's just a joy to know you and have friendship with you guys over the years. So thanks for coming back to visit us, coming home. Uh, well, if you're joining us for the first time, we're starting a new series. It's better than that. It's an, it's, it's an incredibly new series. And uh, we're going to be digging into looking at what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's just, uh, for a moment, let's just welcome the guys joining us at Church Online. They're joining us today. And uh, this is part of our congregation. Good to have you guys with us today. And uh, we're going to go on this journey together looking at the Bible, what the Bible says about the power of the Holy Spirit, how it can impact your life. And my prayer today is that you're not just that you get information in your heads, but that you're truly impacted and transformed from the inside out, and that you actually leave at a new level experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives. Let's pray, and then we'll turn to the Bible. God, I want to thank you so much for your love for each and every person in this room and joining us on Church Online. Thank you, God, that you know our lives, you know every detail of our lives, and you have a plan and a purpose for us. God, we ask you that by your Holy Spirit, wherever we are just now, in the seats we're sitting in or in the living rooms we're watching in, that you would draw very close to us. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you'd meet with people today. I ask God that you'd pour out your love and power I pray that people would leave having had an experience of meeting with God, not just learned more information about God. I pray for anyone today, God, who doesn't yet know you. I ask today that they will come to know God, who loved them so much that he sent the Lord Jesus to die for them and rise again. God, thank you for that amazing love. And I pray that you draw very close to people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You ever driven a car with no steering wheel? It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Someone said, I used to have an addiction to drinking power steering fluid, but then I managed to turn my life around. <clears throat> uh, apparently, thanks, you love those jokes, eh? Apparently, uh, you know, w- w- human beings need power assistance. I, I remember my first Volkswagen, Volkswagen Golf, it was the Mark II Volkswagen Golf, great car but it was rubbish when you did three-point turns or trying to park the thing because it had no power assist at steering. So you were like, like this. It was like a workout every time you wanted to kind of do a maneuver. Uh, and then we sold that and we got a Mark III Golf and had power assist at steering. All of a sudden with one finger, you could, you could do the car parking and, and, and on all that. Incredible. Power assist. You know, human beings were designed to be power assisted. Jesus talked about there is a power that you can have in your life in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said this. He said this, having risen from the dead, having died on the cross, having risen from the dead, he told his disciples, he gave them a very important instruction. He said this, wait in Jerusalem, and he said this, you will receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes in you. Now, the word power 
is the Greek word dunamis. And that's the exact same words that is used in the English language for dynamite. Boom! So God is describing how God's power wants to come into your life, and it's using the same word that we use for dynamite. God wants to put dynamite in your life, power in your life. Just to be very clear, the Holy Spirit isn't power. The Holy Spirit is God's. But God, the Holy Spirit, comes, takes up residence in your life and gives you power to do things that you couldn't do in your own strength. So the Holy Spirit isn't like a force, like in Star Wars or some atmosphere, although he does create force and he does give an atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is God's. And he wants a relationship with you, and he wants to empower you to accomplish things that you in your own strength could not accomplish. So the disciples, having been told by Jesus to wait in Jerusalem, they waited. They didn't know what it looked like for the Holy Spirit to come. But the famous verse comes in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came for the first time. And I'm believing God that today in this service and joining us online, the Holy Spirit, in the same way we're about to read just now, will come in power and will fill people in the exact same way. Anyone with me? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest in each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So uh, this incredible moment, the disciples had been waiting like Jesus had told them, and then the Holy Spirit came. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and started speaking in all these different languages. And it goes on, if you read on in the verses, it describes some of the different languages from different parts of the ancient worlds. And in Jerusalem at the time, there were huge crowds of people because it was a Jewish festival of Pentecost. And, and the Jews, huge crowds of people were there, all speaking different languages, and they the, the phenomena of these people speaking these languages spontaneously by the power of God drew a crowd, as it would. And the crowd gathered in bewilderment, and the apostle Peter addresses the crowd and tells them about Jesus, who had just days before that, who had died on the cross and had risen again for their salvation. And the Bible says that in that same day, 3,000 of those people just said, we need Jesus in our lives, and they came to have faith in Jesus, and they were saved. Folks, that's the birth of the local church. That was the first church on earth. That's how it all got going. The church was birthed at Pentecost. And 2,000 years later, the church is doing fantastic. But just as it began in the power of the Holy Spirit, so also God wants it to continue in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you a word that the Bible uses, a phrase to describe this filling. The phrase is, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. The baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, we believe that when people get, become a Christian, you should get baptized. That, what does that mean? It means you're immersed in water. That's what the word means, to immerse or to submerse. So if I'm asking you, have you been baptized? I'm actually asking you, have you been immersed? All right, so the sprinkling thing won't do, all right, because the question is, have you been immersed? And that's what it means to be baptized. You're immersed in water. However, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's like that, except it's with the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, let me just illustrate this for you. I've got a bucket of water here, and I've got a dry sponge. Dry sponge represents you. Dry speaks of a thirst in your life. In other words, you're longing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to baptize this sponge. Now, here it goes. 
There we go. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptize the sponge. And what's happened to the sponge? Not only has it been baptized, but it's also been filled. You see that? It's been filled. And what's it now doing? What's it now doing? It's now, it's now running over. See that? Did you see that, folks? Did, you, did the folks over here, did you see the point? Did you get the point I'm talking about? Okay, I'll, I missed Sue there. So it, the, the, the sponge has been baptized, it's been immersed, but at the same time it was filled. And now what's it doing? It's overflowing. And that's exactly what happens to the disciples uh, in, in the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and they started speaking in other tongues. There was an overflow. It didn't, it didn't stay on the inside. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, typically you will manifest that in speaking in tongues. And also people in other places in the book of Acts prophesied, but something happens. In, in the book of Acts, we see that this experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened about five times in the book of Acts. In each of the five occasions, it was second experience to their conversion. Some churches would say, oh, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit when you become a Christian. Well, they obviously haven't read the Bible, because that's not what happened in the Bible. People had this experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, or being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and it was typically, it was always a second experience to the moment when you come to faith. So, I'm speaking to a crowd of people here who, who many of you believe in Jesus, but maybe many of you haven't yet experienced being baptized with the Holy Spirit. But today, my prayer is that you will. You can be filled. And if you've been filled before, today, you can be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Also, we discover that in the book of Acts, that on all the occasions, there was an overflow. That, so, they, it says they spoke in tongues. Typically, that's what happens. Also, we see they prophesied. And there's always this overflow of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's incredibly important. That was 2,000 years ago. But do you know that 100 years ago, a similar event happened on earth? Because that's how the church was birthed. It was birthed at Pentecost. And, uh, and, and for the early part of the church, we saw the power of the Holy Spirit with miracles happening and great things happening. That was just normal Christianity for those early centuries in Christianity. But as time went past and people became quite religious and Christianity in some departments lost its edge and became religious, uh, so also people forgot the power of the Holy Spirit. But thank God that 100 years ago in 1906 in Los Angeles, God did a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit again, which is a parallel in so many ways to what happened 2,000 years ago as recorded in the Bible. So, 1906, there was this man by the name of William Seymour. William Seymour was a black man. He only had one eye. He, his parents had been slaves, sold into slavery as African slaves in, Af, in, in America. He was an African-American pastor. And William Seymour, deeply humble man, known for his humility and deep dependence on God. And he was invited one day to lead a prayer meeting in a place called Willow Brays. It was, sorry, Bonnie Brays. It was 214 North Bonnie Brays in Los Angeles. This little house in Los Angeles. And at that prayer meeting, they had gathered for the sole purpose of seeking God to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just like they had been way back in the day of Pentecost. And they were seeking God, and they were asking God for this incredible filling. And history tells us that the Holy Spirit came in great power, and many of the people in the room started speaking in tongues, 
and, and many, some, some of them fell over because of the power of God. We, we've seen this happening as well. And, and it's just an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place, which is so similar to happen, what happened in the Acts chapter 2. One of the ladies there, a, name by the name, a lady by the name of Jenny Moore, uh, it's recorded that she started speaking in Hebrew. And at the same time, she felt led. She went up to the piano. She never played the piano in her life. And she started playing the piano perfectly and started singing in Hebrew. Incredible. Just a sign and a wonder, an incredible miracle from God. And for the rest of her life, she was able to play the piano having never learned it. Now, that beats tuition fees and all that stuff, right? That's just, that's great. Um, and so, so we, this is an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of this phenomena, many of the people in the community, hundreds of people in the community gathered around the outside of this little house in Bonnie Bray's. In fact, hundreds gathered there, and every evening, William Seymour stood in the porch on the outside of the house and preached to the crowds, and hundreds of people came to faith. So it's, again, it's very, very similar to what happens in Acts chapter 2. In fact, so many crowds gathered over the following days that actually the porch gave way, and it, it fell. So, but thankfully, no one was hurt, but they realized, okay, we need another venue. So at that point, they, they found there was a property available in 312 Azuzu Street, in Los Angeles, in the African-American quarter of Los Angeles. And this is a former stable building, not very big, 12 meters by 18 meters, not a big building. And so they started these meetings in this building, and they met three times a day, seven days a week, and every day, 800 people would pack on the inside, and there'd be 500 people standing on the streets on the outside, just to experience the presence and power of God. And Great things were happening. You can read some of the records in your own time, but people were being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, like people are going to experience today. Uh, people were being miraculously healed. There was one account of a lady who came in blinds, and in the middle, just not, without anyone praying for her, just in the middle of the worship, God healed her eyes, and she just suddenly could see. Upstairs in Azuzu Street, in the flat upstairs, their wall was covered with calipers and walking sticks of people who had come uh, inhibited in their walking and who were miraculously healed and walked out totally well. And this was the beginning. This revival went on for years, three, day, three times a day, seven days a week, hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands of people gathering. And this was the birth of a movement which today is called the Pentecostal and Charismatic Church Movement. Folks, that's our roots. We are uh, unapologetically a Pentecostal Charismatic Church. That's where we find our roots. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that today... This is 100 years later, after that movement began. Today, there are an estimated 700 million people in Pentecostal charismatic churches like ours. Isn't that incredible? I love that. So Pentecostal charismatic churches, we believe in Jesus and his death and his resurrection, but we also believe in the active power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives today. 700 million people believe that. That's one in 10 people on earth. That's incredible. That's after... That's, in the last century, the Pentecostal charismatic church movement has been the fastest thing happening in Christianity. Not only in Christianity, but it's been the fastest growing thing on earth. Nothing on earth has even grown as fast as the Pentecostal charismatic church movement. It's estimated that with 35,000 new people in Pentecostal charismatic churches every day being added, it's estimated that by 2025, there'll be 800 million people in Pentecostal charismatic churches. I bags a million of them in this church. Amen. How cool is that? How cool is that? Now, I get sometimes the Pentecostal charismatics are the swinging from the chandeliers, a bit crazy, a bit loopy. I get it, okay? I understand. But I would rather be a little bit loopy and radical for Jesus who died for me and rose again than be so safe 
that you would wonder, are you even alive? You understand what I'm saying? Some people are so safe in their religiousness. You think, Anna, have you, did you even meet Jesus? Did you realize he died for you and rose again? You're not moderately excited about that? Wow. So I, I think it's completely appropriate to be a little bit wacky. So you wacky folks will bear with you, and it's great to have you in our church. High five your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. Wacky person. <laughs> So I grew up in a church that wasn't like this. I grew up in a very, uh, very traditional church full of lovely people, but it wasn't charismatic. And so I, like you today, you heard Acts chapter 2. I remember reading that when I was a teenager. I'd just become a Christian. I'd just put my trust in Jesus. And I remember reading those verses in Acts chapter 2. I was lying in the bath at the time. I remember reading the verses, and just, it just dawned on me. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever you haven't changed. Why couldn't we experience this today? And I just, it blew me away. So I, I ran across to my friend's house. Sorry, I, I got dried off, put my clothes on, <laughs> then ran across to my friend's house. I, I said, Brian, look at these. My friend Brian, just like me, had just become a Christian. I said, Brian, look at these Bible verses. And we read together Acts chapter 2. And I said, Brian, do you not think God would want to fill us with the Holy Spirit, just like he filled the early disciples? And Brian, like me, was from a traditional church background. So he said, I don't see why not. But we had no experience of this. So in his bedroom, I got on my knees and he placed his hands on my head and he asked that God would fill me with the Holy Spirit, just like he did with those early believers. And at that point, something happened for me. And I, I, all I know is I just suddenly became aware of the presence of God. Now, we, we know God is everywhere, right? He is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But you know there's moments where you think, oh, he's really here. You know that? Right. It was like one of those moments you think, I knew he was here, but now I really know he's here. And something happened about here, and next thing I knew, I was whispering a language that I'd never learned, but I was now fluent in. It was incredible. And that's called praying in tongues. And since then, every day I pray in tongues. I spend long periods of time praying in tongues in my prayer times. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a gift from God, a prayer language. But the main thing isn't that manifestation. The main thing is the very presence and power of God in our lives. And so I experienced that before I was ever in a Pentecostal charismatic church. So when people say to me, oh, you just believe that because you're in a Pentecostal charismatic church, I can tell them, well, I believe that. I found it in the Bible even before I was in a church like this church. I believe this is biblical Christianity. It's full of power. God hasn't, why would the early church have it all powerful and right now when the population is vast and the needs are so big on earth, would God remove his power? Of course not. He would mount up his power. He would increase the, he would turn up the temperature. He would empower his people even more to see even greater things happen so God's name can be glorified on earth in these days, even greater than the days past. Absolutely. So Acts chapter 2 describes, I guess, what's going on on the surface we see the outworking of the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me now take you to a verse, and I want to just spend the second half of this message on the behind the scenes of what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is Jesus speaking, and this is him before Pentecost ever happens. This is during his ministry, and Jesus is saying, this is what's going to happen. And this is what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. And my first point, I've got three points. First point is this, this is an incredible gift. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water 
will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who would believe in him would later receive. Now, we just read about when that happens, Acts chapter 2. But Jesus is here predicting it's going to happen. Up until that time, the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. You know, when you come to faith in Jesus, something amazing happens. It's called salvation. And today, my prayer is that some of you who are here, I'm so pleased you're here. You're not yet in a relationship with God, and I'm thrilled you're here. And my prayer today is that you meet Jesus, you put your trust in Jesus, and he saves you. Now, but salvation is not the end in itself. It's a means to an end. Salvation, your sins being forgiven, it's not just about your sins being forgiven and you going to heaven. Okay? There's a bigger goal in God's minds. The whole idea of him removing your sins is to get the barrier out of the way so that you could come into a relationship, a companionship, an encounter, an ongoing encounter with God. That's the goal. Heaven is all about an ongoing encounter with God. You see, salvation is not the end in itself. It's a means to an end, and that end is deep encounter, relationship with the God who made you in the first place. Now, that ongoing encounter, God doesn't just want to save it for you for when you're in heaven. In other words, it's not, salvation is not just, about getting, it's not just about getting you to heaven. It's about getting heaven to you. It's about getting the world and life of heaven, the power of heaven, the working of God in your life right here, right now. That's what God's desire is for you. And Jesus said this. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 17, he dwells with you, talking about the Holy Spirit, he dwells with you, said to his disciples, but he will be in you. That marked the greatest change in all of human history. The idea that God would be with you by his presence, but he would be in you. That's remarkable. The Apostle Paul describes it in this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? We've become temples of the Holy Spirit. The resource center of heaven is in you. You are God's address on earth, church. This is where God hangs out. God lives in you. And what does that mean? Well, it means where you go, God goes. And it should also mean where God goes, you go. You remember in the Old Testament when the tabernacle was camped among the Israelite people, that the presence of God was signified by that giant cloud of the presence of the glory of God that camped over that tabernacle. And in the Old Testament, they were told that when that cloud moved, then the people, that was a sign. They needed to move. When God moved, they moved. So also with you. When God moves, you move. I I was driving home on Thursday night. I just spent a day preparing this message, and I was just praying. I was praying in tongues, driving along, coming back to my house. And I was coming up through uh, Broomhouse. And I passed three lads who were on a park bench, and I just saw one of them have a drink of beer and threw the can into the distance. And I just, I just you know the skate park at Broomhouse, just there? And I, I was just driving back home, and I got up to the roundabout, and I heard God so clearly say, you need to go back and speak to them. And, and what God told me to tell them was that God loved them, and he, had a, he has a purpose for their lives. That's, I, was, I knew it clear as a bell. 
So I drove out to the roundabout, and by that time, it was really heavy traffic. It was rush hour. And I thought, man, it's going to take ages. So I was kind of deliberating, do I do this, do I not? And, and then I, w- I drove on to the next roundabout. See, this is the, this is the level of my obedience, all right? It lasted kind of about half a mile. And I thought, right, I, I, why would I not just do that? I mean, seriously, you live once. Why would you not just do that? So I went around the roundabout, drove back, parked the car, and went up to the lads. Uh, and I just walked up and said, hey, guys, God told me to come and speak to you. They're sitting there with their, with their beer. They just paused their ghetto blaster. And, uh, hey, guys, God told me to come and speak to you. I was dead, dead serious. And I said, God told me to tell you that he really loves you and he has a purpose for your lives. And they were just jaw-dropped. They said, God told you to come and tell us that. I said, yeah, they did. he did. And actually, the other thing he told me, just as I was walking up to them at that last bit, he told me that one of them was, was seriously troubled, deeply troubled over their family. And I actually went on to say, I said, and one of you is really, really troubled about your family. And the lad in the middle said, that's amazing. He said, I, I've been worrying all day. In fact, I'm constantly worried because my mom's an alcoholic and I, I just cannot stop worrying about her. And there's him drinking his life away. Just probably a 15-year-old. And I was able to, I said, God sees that worry. And they were blown away. He was blown away that I knew that. And then they were blown away that someone would stop and that a message from God, from God, would come to them who had never been thinking about God. And then all of a sudden they hear that there's a God who loves them and has a purpose for life. So say, can I pray with you? Isn't that awesome? So, so I prayed with them. So we, we, we all held hands and we prayed. Me and my, my brothers, <laughs> we prayed. I prayed God would bless and I pray God will protect them. And I, pray, I, I took a moment in particular to lay hands on one of the lads who had been troubled about his family and God's power touched their lives. Isn't that beautiful? So that's a, it's just a story to say this, that yeah, God goes where you go, but God wants you to go where he goes. God wants to do things all the time. Just, and it doesn't need to be dramatic. It doesn't need to be dramatic. It could be dead simple. But just as you tune in and listen to the Holy Spirit, he will use you to bring blessing to the lives of people. You see, when Jesus was on earth, Jesus was only in one place at one time. One place, one time. But when Jesus rose again and ascended back to the Father and gave the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden now Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is in me and Jesus is in you and Jesus is in you and Jesus is in you. Why? Because the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, has taken up residence in our life. And that means we get to do the stuff Jesus did. That blows me away. That you get to say things into people's lives that you couldn't have known, but God showed you. You get to pray for sick people and miraculously they recover. That's not just for the superstars or the pastors or the evangelists. That's for believers. Why? Because you've got the superstar in you. He's called Jesus. And he wants to do these things. Jesus hasn't changed. Why would you want ordinary Christianity? You read the Gospels. I don't see anything ordinary about the life of Jesus. God wants to do the extraordinary through ordinary people. So what does it mean well, it means that where he goes, you go, and where you go, he goes. It also means, I love this, 1 John 4, verse 4. In fact, you can read this with me. It's so good. I don't want to keep it to myself. Let's share it together. Here it goes. 1, 2, 3. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Say it again. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. A number of years ago, when I went to Destiny College, uh, which I would encourage any of you to consider, prayerfully consider, why don't you t- take a year, invest your life, invest in your life, allow God to touch you, go to Destiny College for a year. Um, when I went to Destiny College for the year I was there, I got, got, became good friends with a guy called Gavin Ross. He, he was from Spain, from southern Spain, 
and he was a lawyer. And he told me his story about how he came to faith. Before he was a believer in Jesus, he used to be a spiritualist. Now, they're dodgy, just to be clear on this. Uh, not everything that's spiritual is good. Some of it's dangerous and demonic. So he was a spiritualist. And in fact, he used to teach in the spiritualist church. And he had, he had experiences that were spiritual. He saw certain levels of power because demons have power. But then he came to faith in Jesus and he was attending. He, he got saved. He renounced spiritualism. He became a follower of Jesus. And he was now in a church in southern Spain. And he told me that one Sunday when he was in church, at the back of the service, a guy who'd been sitting there on a chair suddenly slumped in his chair. Now, Gavin was sitting near him at the back. The guy slumped over dead in the service. I mean, how disruptive in the service. Please, just, just to be clear, I, I don't want anyone to do that in today's service, all right? But this guy slumped over, dead, had a heart attack, just died. And, and so Gavin and another guy, they, they phoned the paramedics to come, and Gavin and the other guy lifted him through in his chair to one of the back rooms and quietly prayed with the corpse of this guy as they were waiting for the ambulance to arrive. And he was dead. He'd stopped breathing. His, there was no pulse. His lips had turned blue. And he was, he was out for minutes and minutes and minutes while they were waiting for the paramedic. And as they were praying for him, he suddenly opened his eyes and revived. Incredible. God did a miracle. And the paramedics came, took him away and to the hospital and did tests on him and everything. And th this is the incredible thing, right? This guy was an old guy. He'd had 10 years of heart disease, 10 years of scarring. You could see the scarring in his heart. If you, if, you, if you can see hearts, you, you could see the scarring in his heart and the, the arteries were all clogged up and everything. 10 years of heart disease. But not only did God revive him from the dead, but having, having been checked out in the hospital, there was no trace of the heart disease which he'd had for the last 10 years. No trace. All gone. All gone. Now, so my friend Gavin told me that story. He said, Peter, I saw power when I was in the spiritual church. I saw certain powers because demons have powers. But he said, when I came to faith in Jesus and I saw a man raised from the dead and his heart restored as good as a baby's, he said, I suddenly saw a level of power that wasn't just mighty, but it was almighty. It was a whole new level. Well, greater is he who is in you, the Bible says, than he who's in the world. So all of a sudden, the odds change. It's not you versus your problem. It's not, all right, I've got to take on this problem. No, no, it's not you versus the problem. It's God in you versus the challenge. All of a sudden, the odds have changed dramatically in your favor. Isn't that great? So when I'm praying for a sick person, I'm not thinking, right, I'm going to take on this sickness. No, no. Sometimes I feel so weak, so inadequate in the face of that challenge. But all I need to do is lay hands on and I say, in the name of Jesus. And guess what? God who is in me by his Holy Spirit, he wants to heal that person more than I want them healed. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. The odds have changed in your favor when God is in your life. Let's hear it for God. <clears throat> so it's a very incredibly important gift. It's an incredible gift. Number two, it's a very expensive gift. Very, very expensive gift. A wife was in town one day, not my wife, a wife was in town one day and she saw a diamond ring for sale and it was for 10,000 pounds. And she texted her husband and said, honey, I've seen this diamond ring, it's for 10,000 pounds, can I please buy it? And he texted back and said, no price too expensive. And she thought, that's amazing. 
So she bought the diamond ring and went home that night. And she said, honey, you're amazing. Thank you. And she showed him the diamond ring and he went bananas. And he said, I didn't say you could have it. I said, no, price too expensive. <laughs> and she showed him the text and he'd forgotten the comma. He'd forgotten the comma after the no. <laughs> no price too expensive. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes to you at incredible expense. Let's go back to the verse again. It says, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, all right, we'll come back to that in a moment. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who would believe in him would later receive. Up until that point, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Okay, this, you need to get this. This is an incredibly expensive gift. Do not take for granted the possibility of having the, or the reality of having the power of the Holy Spirit available in your life. That has come to you at incredible expense. It says, on the last and the greatest day of the festival. So what was the festival? Well, it was the festival of the tabernacle. It was one of the annual festivals that Jews observed. And at the festival of the tabernacles, every year the Jews would gather in Jerusalem with tents. And they would camp all over Jerusalem in tents, in the streets, on the, on the rooftops, in the gardens. They would all be camping out in tents. And they did this to remember their 40 years as a nation when they traveled through the wilderness, living in tents, on the way to the promised lands. So this is a, an annual reminder for them to remember, God, you took us through wilderness. We lived in tents, okay? That's the picture. And, and in that, on the last day of the festival, that's when it said it was, on the last day of the festival, the high priest would go down to the pool of Siloam and would take a large jar of water and would take, lead a procession of people, joyful procession, all the way up to the temple with this large jar of water, all the way up to the temple area. And the people would be cheering. It was then that Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink. Why would the, the priests gather, carry this large jar of water? It was to remember the event that happened in the wilderness. And that event was this, that when they were in the wilderness, God told Moses, when the people were crying out in thirst, wanting something to drink, God told Moses in Exodus 17, verse 6, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. And so they were remembering that moment, how water flowed, and that's, that was what they were remembering in this festival. It was, it was then that Jesus said this, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And here's the point. The rock was struck so that water could flow, and that's a picture of Jesus. The reason the river of the Holy Spirit flows towards you and through you is because Jesus Christ was struck on the cross. When Jesus died on that cross, he was struck making it possible for that river of life to flow. Life comes from the death of Jesus Christ. That flow of life came from that moment of death on the cross and in his resurrection. Because of what Jesus did, that life of God can flow in your life. That's how expensive the gift of the Holy Spirit is. And at the end of the verse, it said this, for the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. And it goes on to say, why? Because Jesus had not yet been glorified. What does that mean? Well, Jesus being glorified, it's, it's, it's the moment describing how he died on the cross, rose again, and ascended back to the Father. In other words, that needed to happen in order to trigger the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's how expensive the Holy Spirit is. So if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
This has come to you at huge expense. You see, it was when his work for us on the cross was finished that his work through us by his Spirit could begin. So it's an expensive gift. And point number three, it's the gift that just keeps giving. Let's read the verse again. On that last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. But this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Rivers of living water. Isn't that great? I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Wrong key. I've got a river. No, it's wrong key. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, set the captives free. Oh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Anyone else know that song? By the way, if I'm ever doing a solo and you know the song, please would you sing along with me? You have no idea what a tough crowd you are. Just a point. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison's door, sets the captives free. Oh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. How good is that? See, what you drink becomes now a fountain in your life. You drink of the Holy Spirit. Before you know it, it's become a fountain. What you receive, you now start giving. A.J. Gordon, who was one of the founders of the Gordon Cromwell Seminary in America, he describes visiting a friend one day. He was in a farm, and he, as he walking across the field towards the house, he saw a figure outside the house working a pump, a water pump. And the person was working really hard, relentlessly, powerfully, rhythmatically, just didn't stop, didn't even, like, kept going. And, and as he's walking towards him, he's like, he's going to get tired soon, but he's not. He just keeps going, just keeps going. Yeah, but as he got closer to this person on the pump, he suddenly realized that it wasn't a person, but it was actually a carved person made out of woods and painted to look like a person, but at a distance, it looked like a person. And it had hinges in the arms, and its hands were attached to this pump. But he suddenly realized that it wasn't the person that was pumping the water, but there was an artesian well. And it was so powerful and so forceful, it was causing the handle just to move. And all that little doll had to do was just hang onto the handle, and it would just keep going, it would just keep pumping. And, and you see, here's the point. You don't need to work up the Holy Spirit. You don't need to work hard to get God to do something for you. You just need to hold on to the handle. God's got this artesian well. God wants to place the well of God's power in your life where the Holy Spirit will cause things to happen that you couldn't have done. It's not you moving God, it's God moving you, God working through you. And this is what the, this well comes to do. And the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, he will change you, change you. That's why it's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all these great fruits. It's not like you have to work, or I've got, I know those, Peter, I've got to work harder at loving those people. I've got to work harder. No, you don't have to work harder. Just let, the, just let the, the artesian well do its work. You just Before you know it, it's the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Man, I love those people who I used to not like at all. You suddenly, you have this love. You see, it's like this glass here. If I, if I was to say to you, how do you get the air out of the glass? How do you get the air out of the glass? You can say, well, we'll scoop it out. 
but it keeps going back in. You could it's trying to suck it out, but it just, it just keeps sucking back in. So the way you get the air out of the glass, dead simple. You just fill it. <laughs> you just fill it. And when it's filled, what happens? It overflows. It does. Do you want it to overflow, Steph? No. It, it does overflow, but it's filled, and therefore there's, there's actually no space for the air in it any longer. The air has been displaced by the water. And the point is this. You want God to change your life. You don't need to work harder. You don't need to work on your morality. And I'm not saying that you don't try on those things. Of course you do. But you need to understand that it's fruit of the Holy Spirit. God just changes your life. Jackie Pullinger, who started a great work in Hong Kong, seeing many, many people who were hooked on heroin set free. And that's one of the hardest drugs to come free from. She will tell you, read her book, Chasing the Dragon. She will tell you that the secret to them becoming free was they prayed in tongues. That they would pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as they were going through detox, she, she would pray, they would be, a team of them would be praying over them. And they would be praying that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And they would just encourage them to pray in tongues, just pray in tongues. And as they prayed in tongues and had these people praying for them during the detox, they came free, went cold turkey from heroin. That's tough stuff without the side effects that you'd expect in something so dramatic to withdraw from. Incredible. Why? Because the water just displaces the air. That God's power has come to change your life. God's power has also come to work through you. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait, say wait, for the gift my father promised. Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was age 30. And at age 30, the dove descended upon him And that's when Jesus started his ministry. And it's not that Jesus couldn't do anything before that. Jesus is Jesus. And actually, it's not that you can't do other things without the power of the Holy Spirit. Many believers who have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit have done great things on earth. D.L. Moody, in his first half of his ministry, saw huge numbers of people coming to faith. But then after he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, it just went to another level. Wait until you receive the power from on high. You see... When the 120 people were waiting on that day of Pentecost, they were ordinary believers and they were the superstar apostles. But they were also the ordinary believers. And the Bible says that there was a tongue of fire on every single one of them. It wasn't just the superstars. The ordinary believers got it too. And Jesus' mother was there. She got it. And Jesus' brothers were there and they got it. And ordinary believers who you'd never hear anything about, some of them went on to be businessmen and women, Some of them went on to lead small groups. Some of them went on to be teachers with children. They had all different roles. Some of you will never read about them in the Bible, but there was a fire on every single one of them. God wants to empower all believers, filling them. Everyone was filled. I prayed, there's a guy, Ivan Hernandez. Ivan might even be joining us in church online today. Ivan came to faith while listening to our podcast, which is really cool. And I've started mentoring him at a distance we use WhatsApp backwards and forward. And one day he asked me about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And he asked that I could pray for him for this. So I prayed with him over WhatsApp. I sent a, a WhatsApp voice memo prayer. God, I pray you'd fill Ivan Hernandez with the Holy Spirit right now. And I prayed it over the WhatsApp. And he, he sat there and listened to that memo. And as he did, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Incredible. In Mexico. In Mexico. Now, every Every week, this is what he's doing. Every week, five times a week now, Ivan goes to the local hospital to pray for the sick. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Every week. 
he's sharing his faith with people. His, his wife's come to faith now. His father-in-law's come to faith. His mother-in-law, who was a Jehovah's Witness, she's renounced that. She's come to faith. He's seen a, a mini revival taking place. And, but Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power, and then you'll be my witnesses. So you can't do what God's calling you to do in your own strength, but God wants the power of God to flow through you. I'm just going to end with this testimony. This is one of our church members. He said this, I take a particular route home from work, from the top of Ferry Road to the old cheer pain, uh, sorry, chain pier in Granton Harbour that leads to Lower Granton Road where I live. And as I was walking past the pier, the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, put on my heart that I had to walk onto the pier. I then began to bring up all kinds of reasons in my heart for why I shouldn't do that. I'm tired, Lord. It's late. It's too dark. It's not safe. I need to get home. However, this feeling from the Holy Spirit was so strong that I decided to obey. I went a short way along the pier uh, and felt, okay, I've done it, and, and I'll go back now. But he felt that the Lord was saying, no, keep going to the very end. So I kept walking. And on reaching the very end, I met a man sitting at the very end, around the corner. There he was. And we started talking. And during the conversation, he asked me a very direct question. He said, are you the sign? And I felt this was a very weird thing, so I just ignored the question. And during our conversation, I, when I discovered uh, the myriad of problems he was going through, and that his friends had taken his friend had taken his own life in that very spot five years before, and he was planning to do the same. But he had asked God for a sign, and I was that sign. After speaking to the guy for a while, I explained to him that he shouldn't kill himself, and I took him home and told him about the church and gave him my extra Bible. Isn't that awesome? Ordinary believers. Ordinary believers. Jesus said, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Caesarea Philippi is a very specific place because it's the source of the River Jordan. The River Jordan, if you know your geography, is the river that waters the entire land of Israel. And the River Jordan actually springs out of a rock. It doesn't come from a reservoir. It comes out of a, the, the foothills of Mount Hermon. It comes out of the ground, out of a rock. And Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail. And the point is this. The church has a river flowing from it. And that river is in every believer. And what's going to change our nation? What's going to change our communities? What's going to change our families? The answer is God's placed a river in you. You see, God's not going to, it's not going to fall out the sky, transformation for our nation. It's going to flow out of the hearts of believers. The change that this community needs, the change that our city needs, is going to flow from your life and my life. As we bring words of encouragement, as we bring the healing power of God into people's lives, as we let people experience, maybe for the first time, the presence and power of God, the God that they didn't even know was there, and yet he's manifesting his presence through God's people. So, church, Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty, say thirsty, come to me and drink. And whoever believes, say whoever believes. As the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believe would later receive. Say receive. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Or are you not that fast? Oh, well, Lord, if you want to, well, God will say, well, whatever. Come on, seriously? 
He paid the highest price to make this available for you. How can you be on the fence? Be like that sponge, thirsty, longing. Are you thirsty for not just, not just your sins forgiven and going to heaven, but an ongoing living encounter with God by his Holy Spirit in your life? God wants that for you. Are you thirsty? Do you, do you believe? Whoever believes, Jesus said. This is not like for the elite. It's not for, for the superstar ministries. It's for the people who have the superstar on the inside. It's for ordinary believers. God wants to fill you. And are you ready to receive? Receive. You don't have to work this up. He's done all the work for this. He's paid the price. The gift's already there. You just need to receive it. Are you ready to receive? Your experience might be different from others. That's okay. But God wants to fill you. So let's forget everyone else around us. Fellas, stand in the presence of God. those joining us online, God wants to fill you as well, just like my friend Ivan Hernandez in Mexico. God's going to touch our lives just now. Open your hands before God. Close your eyes. Come Holy Spirit. Just in your hearts, reach out to God today. If you don't yet know God, reach out to God to be your saviour. If you're a believer today, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Just pray that prayer under your breath. Open your hands and pray that prayer under your breath. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Welcome in this place, we pray. Welcome in this place. Mighty Holy Spirit, come and manifest your presence here, we pray. We welcome you to fill your people with your power. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We want to be full of your power and of your presence right now. So come, Lord, just like you promised. Let those rivers of living water now just flow in the hearts and lives of these believers. Let them have the experience of that wonderful flow of the Holy Spirit just flowing in and through them right now. Welcome, Holy Spirit. So you're thirsty. Whoever believes, that's every single one of you. Now, what we want you to do is I want you to receive now. You've asked them, so now stop asking and just start thanking. Just start thanking and receive from the Holy Spirit. Welcome in this place, oh God. Come and have your way. Move in power in these people's lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill them like you filled me, Lord. If they've been filled before, would you refill them? Would you empower them? Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come and move among us right now. Just out your mouth, just sing praise and give thanks to God. Just out your lips, just express your gratitude to God for everyone else around you. Just start thanking Him. In this moment, if you feel a new language ready to flow, that's okay. Just let it flow. It will flow from your heart, not from your head. It's called the gift of tongues. Still like that to flow. We welcome you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You're so welcome here. Come, Holy Spirit. Just lay hands on the person beside you just, and take a moment. Just pray for them right now. 
just pray quietly, pray that they will receive the Holy Spirit and let the person pray for you and you just continue to worship. Go for it, everyone. Let's get someone to pray for you and then in a few minutes, pray, pray for them. Go for it, just pray. Pray for a fresh filling. If you've already been filled, pray for more. Be refilled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, this is your moment. Just receive from God just now. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come, mighty God. Come, mighty God. Come, mighty God. Just keep praying now. After being prayed for, pray for the other person. team please they just come forward if you're part of the core team here in Gorgu or one of the elders or staff please come and pray for folks at the front just remain if you're a believer here and you're soaking up this spirit of God then just continue to enjoy doing that one of the things we always do though before we close a meeting like this is we always give people an opportunity who do not know Jesus to come to know Jesus and you've heard about this Holy Spirit you've heard about this power that's available but there's one thing you've got to do before you can truly experience that power and it's actually receive the Son the Bible says to all who receive him to all those who believe in his name speaking of Jesus the Father gives you the right to become his children children of God and I know some of you here have been touched this morning and you need to give your life to Jesus. So just before we continue in song, I'm going to give you that opportunity. So if you're here and you're saying, Graham, I want to experience the Holy Spirit, but I don't yet know Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity to cross a line and come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So you pray like this. Pray a prayer to invite Jesus into your heart. Pray like this pray Jesus Christ thank you so much for dying for me thank you so much Jesus that you rose again from the dead I believe you're alive today and that you're calling to me now I choose to 
give you my life today, Jesus. I choose to turn away from all the wrong things I've done. And I put my full trust in you right now. Amen. Just keep your eyes shut for a moment. Is there anyone here who prayed that prayer this morning? Anyone who prayed it, especially if you prayed it for the first time or if it's been a long time since you prayed a prayer like that, we'd love to hear from you. Why don't you just give me a wave, let me know you prayed that prayer. Is there anyone here? It's kind of dark, so you might need to hold your hand up for a little while. Anyone here prayed that prayer? I'll just wait for a moment. Anyone at all pray that prayer? Thank you. Is there anyone else? Any other responses this morning? Oh God, I thank you for this one person, Lord, who's made this response today. Thank you that that opens the way for him also to receive the power that's available from the Holy Spirit. I pray you'd mightily touch his life right now. I pray to experience the mighty filling of God and that you'd radically change him. Help him, bless him now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.